watching all movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna love them or hate them? Here comes the binge. Hey everybody, welcome to the binge, in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases. I am Jason Leroy. And I am Rebecca Olarte, uh, and today we have three movies for you. What? No. Yeah. Yeah? No, there's three. Huh. Uh, it's Us, The Hummingbird Project, and Transit. Well, we should say I have three movies for everyone. <laughs> and I have things to say about things I don't know about. <laughs> We're going to review them. Well, you will. Yeah. Um, on the three-tiered scale, with Binge It being our highest rating, consumer moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh, and send it back means... Rebecca didn't see it. Ah, send them all back. <laughs> Jason, what's up with you? Well, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Um, what's up with me uh, this past week was celebrating the birthday of one of my very best friends in the world... You. Oh. It was your birthday this past week. It was, and you did come celebrate. I did. I it did. Was, uh, it was really nice. It was. It was nice to see you. It was nice to see you in you. Uh, what's that called? Like you in your a pig and shit. In my wallet. You're you're a pig <laughs> and shit. I thought you were going. <laughs> and they're gonna be like, oh, you know, seeing you outside of the confines of this Mm-mm, narrow nope. podcasting chamber. No, it, it was fun seeing me as a pig and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were in your uh, element. Well, for part of the night. Yes, for part of the other part of the night, you were completely outside of your element. We, <laughs> we started the night very much in an elderly lesbian uh, kind of mode by playing many hours of bingo. Mm-hmm. None of which I won. No. Uh, no, you didn't. I thought you did. No, Mm-mm. Soul won. Heidi won. And Soul. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there are winners around us. Everyone, surrounded by winners. Right. So, and that's the important thing. Spend your birthday surrounded by winners. Mm-hmm. And you did. And I did. So <clears throat> we played bingo, which... I got progressively, I started off completely disinterested in, and by the end of the night, I was like violently attuned <laughs> to every like button push that would lead to the next numbers being called. You were so, feeling it. I eventually was just like, I think you laughed at me at one point because I was like literally standing in a corner. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you doing? I, I thought was, you were like on your phone or something. It was like, I looked like I was at the end of Blair Witch. I was like facing a corner, <laughs> just like looking down, but really I was looking at my card and I was just like listening very intently to every number being called. So focused. It really uh, was a surprise how much I cared. Speaking of things I care too much about, after that, <laughs> we went right over to the Mint for some karaoke. That was really some of the most epic karaoke I've ever seen. You, know, you really... I went for it. It was your birthday. You went for it. You did um, Shallow. La, 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 la. Sh- Shallow-y-oki. Mm-hmm. Um, you did Sherry-oki for part of it. You know, it's hard I to avoid. Even. It's hard to, you know, I, I wasn't even trying to do Cher. It's just sometimes, you know, Bradley Cooper's voice mm. uh, is equal parts Eddie Vedder and Cher, really, <laughs> as Jackson Maine. You uh, you really nailed it. So you, so I got my request of hearing Cher Yogi, and you also uh, got to impress everybody in the, in the bar with your Lady Gaga. And uh, although I also, at the entire, at the same time, I had to fend off oh, a, right. a KJ who was one of those KJs who really wants to pull focus from every single person who's on stage (laughs) by making it ultimately about them Mm -hmm. and whatever shtick they want to do. And that kind of KJ is my natural born enemy Mm -hmm. because it's about me. It is about you. When I'm up there. Um, And uh, and I, I, I think... I may have even said to him right before I got to the Gaga's big like, ah, 
oh, yeah. part. I literally turned him and said, I got this. <laughs> because he, he was did. he was like jumping in and singing along. And that is not what mm-hmm. I am at karaoke to have happen. Um, I have gotten into fights with friends over the years because they have picked up microphones to join me. And oh, I have no. said, no, 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 no. This is for me to show off. I know. I still have all my fingers because I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why we get along. It's why I married Scott, who mm-hmm. does not sing at all. No one's going to pull focus from you around yeah. here. Um, but that KJ did. And for that, I killed him. You did. So. Um, which was ultimately my present. And right. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and so it was sort of like a... You know, instead of having you go to one of those escape rooms, it was like, okay, like real time, like at group exercise, dismember a corpse and bury it. Yeah, uh, and, and everyone leave. did great. Everyone mm-hmm. did great. Your work friends have great instincts for this kind of thing. They, <laughs> they sure do. So <laughs> very uh, meticulous. Mm-hmm. Group of folks. Yeah, yeah. They they consider every detail, mm-hmm. every impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I felt very supported, Good. and uh, Good. and I think it was all in the spirit of uh, of uh, you growing another year older. So you know, I think that like there are definitely people who sing karaoke that need that but i think a good kj can tell the difference between someone who is up there and doing just fine right. and then someone who needs Very a little nervous help, right? needs someone to kind of yeah jump in or like missing the beat yeah like kind of raining back cat heard him back into the, to the song and we saw it's not you we saw yeah all ends of the spectrum mm-hmm, uh, over mm-hmm. the course of that night and then we saw a spectacular performance um three three uh three women i work with um the woman one woman was singing telephone and there were two background dancers and I, and I thought you were a background dancer because I forgot there's the whole Beyonce part and I feel like no one saw it coming and you just it was the whole thing was just everybody it's as though you practiced it for months the three of the four of you <laughs> although then I realized so yeah your friend had asked me to go up and do the Beyonce part when uh, when she did I like that, that she song. just assumed you knew it yeah she was like, can you be Beyonce and I was like yeah, yeah yeah of course of course I mean this is a question I wait to be asked every day mm-hmm. and and uh, so I went up there and was dancing and then went up there and it did like, the, what the way you blowing up my phone, that whole part. <laughs> and um, and then as soon as that part was over, I put the mic down and walked off the stage um, and I was was bathed in, in, in praise. Uh, and it wasn't until the next morning that I realized that Beyonce has one more line. Oops. <laughs> 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 After that, I was none the wiser. Um, <laughs> um, is that sometimes I feel like I live in Grand Central Station. Mm. Uh, that bit. So I abandoned your friend for that because I was just too high my own supply. Yeah, you which just is the thing that happens at karaoke floated to me as off well. stage. I sure did. That was that was a beautiful performance. Everyone nailed it. Thank you. Um, so that is what's been up with me. Your birthday. What's mm-hmm. up with you? My birthday. That's it. We covered the whole thing. Great. Nothing else happened this week. <laughs> um, shall we get to the movies? Let's do it. Oh, boy. I can't wait to hear your review of this one. The first movie we're going to talk about this week is Us. Accompanied by her husband, son, and daughter, Adelaide Wilson returns to the beachfront home where she grew up as a child. Haunted by a traumatic experience from the past, Adelaide grows increasingly concerned that something bad is going to happen. Her worst fears soon become a reality when four masked strangers descend upon the house, forcing the Wilsons into a fight for survival. When the masks come off, the family is horrified to learn that each attacker takes the appearance of one of them. Oh my gosh, Jason. I have been dreading seeing this with you. And then I was super sad when I couldn't see it. I want to see it so badly and I'm terrified to see it. And now, just just to re- just to review the thing that you do on Tuesday nights that prevented you from being able to see it, piano lessons. <laughs> I take piano lessons. 
just to make sure that we're all on the same page about yeah. why she couldn't see it with mm-hmm. me. I, I sit in a room and I play piano like a six-year-old. <laughs> I haven't gotten quite past chopsticks yet, but... Uh, <laughs> I am on to When the Saints Go Marching In, hey! both left-hand uh, lead and right-hand lead. If you're released, it's on its way. <laughs> Moonlight Sonata, as good it's as coming. played. It's coming. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I couldn't make it. Yes. Um, where to even start, Jason? Um, this is the big, uh, f- you know, follow-up to... Um, <laughs> she's blanking on the name. <laughs> you just see in the face. She I'm like, name. follow me. I, what is it called? <laughs> oh my god! I want to say, go in. There it goes. Get out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peele's. That's the one. Next horror movie. Yeah. Was was Get Out considered a horror movie? Oh God! There was there was all that talk about it, and I can't remember where he landed. I remember he was very he was very like salty about the question of whether mm. it was like horror or comedy. Oh, um, and uh, so I don't know. Whatever he says, it is is what it is. Fair enough. This this, this one squarely lands in the horse. Yeah, I think this one space. he did tweet that this is a horror film. Okay. Yeah, it's had amazing branding. Where people received just like a box with like a gold pair of scissors in it mm-hmm. uh, as like their invitation to the premiere. Um, the uh, advertisements, the the posters, everything has been simply beautiful and terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you expecting? Um, what was I expecting? Um, I mean, I guess I was expecting um, sort of uh, you know, a follow up to Get Out, something that would perhaps be uh, a deepening of the themes explored in Get Out. Maybe something that was more ambitious, um, story-wise, cinematically more ambitious. Uh, you know, something that would kind of offer more thought-provoking original riffs on the preoccupations that he had and Get Out. I was thinking there'd be more um, sort of just those great details, the details that were all so great embedded throughout Get Out, all the significance of this of the symbolism. Serial. Um, serial tea um so yeah i mean i also was aware that like very few people ever make a film to follow up a film that was as as culturally significant as get out Mm -hmm. uh and and totally nail it Mm -hmm. so i wasn't going in with like the highest expectations uh so yeah that that's that's what i was thinking about walking in and i also just try to honestly just go blank when i watch uh you know when i go into watch a movie mm-hmm. i don't I, I yeah i try to just let it all go and just let the be let the movie be what it is mm. and then you know evaluate it accordingly and uh do movies scare you oh yeah yeah I do. <laughs> oh, oh wow oh, that yeah. was where did that come from oh yeah oh yeah they definitely <laughs> sh- they sure can they can they can and they do did this one scare you it did um i mean it definitely made me feel um very tense mm. uh you know there's a lot of very suspenseful parts there is some uh, horrific violence mm. uh there is uh yeah so i mean right from one of the best parts of the movie is the opening sequence uh which is a flashback that takes place in 1986 and uh involves the character of adelaide lupita nyong'o's character when she was a young girl uh, at the santa cruz boardwalk mm. i might add in the in the warm california sun <laughs> this is far and away probably the most high-profile Santa Cruz movie that's ever been made. Wow. Uh, because it, it takes place almost entirely. Wait, in, how in... about, is it Goonies? Lost I... Boys. Lost Boys is the one that's like filmed on that bridge. 
Mm-hmm. Lost Boys is a, is a is a is a blank spot for me. Yeah, I've never seen it either, yeah, but no, it's, everyone it's always spot. tells me about right. it. Right. Well, now there's Us, and Us is now going to be remembered as the most famous Santa Cruz movie ever. And uh, and I know that um, Jordan Peele's wife, Chelsea Peretti, is a Bay Area native. Uh, I don't know. That oh, right. He, I forgot about that. Yeah. I don't know that he, I can't, I don't, I, off the top of my head, I don't know if he has a direct connection, but I know his wife is a Bay Area native. So there is that. But um, But yeah, so this opening sequence is really, really strong. It's like it's beautifully shot. The pacing is incredible. Um, and you know, the, the dread that it builds is, 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 is incredible. So yeah, I would say with get out one common, not complaint, but kind of like whiffle was like, oh, well, it's so strong and impactful and focused thematically. Mm. It makes its point so in with such elegance and such, um, emphasis. Um, but it's just not as a horror movie that's scary. Uh, which mm. people would then mm. try to say to reassure, like, you know, people would be like, oh, I don't want to watch it. I don't like horror movies. And so we all had to be like, oh, no, no, it's not that kind of horror movie. It's not like, you know, it's not like, br- it's not brutal. You know, it's it's not, it's not like a gory movie. Um, you know, even though it was very tense and mm-hmm. really, you know, the sense of creeping dread that he built over the course of that movie was was pretty remarkable. And, you know, lots of reveals um, that, you know, kind of are, 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 paced at great intervals throughout that story mm-hmm. the way it's structured is is incredible so um and this movie us i would say is sort of like the inverse of that where it gives you much more sort of like horror movie-ish scares and violence however thematically it is far less focused in part because it just has a lot more on its mind in general. It's a kind of movie where there's so many little threads and so many little signifiers. Mm. Um, they just don't quite add up to a single statement or takeaway. Uh, it's it's the, mo- the, mo- the charitable way of describing it would be to say that it's more impressionistic mm. um, than Get Out because it's not the kind of thing where there's like a 100% clear takeaway. Ooh, I mean... That appeals to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's it's. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if if I had to make a value statement on it, I would say that for me, it ultimately distanced me from the movie because it's so much about this central metaphor of the doppelgangers mm. and what they represent. So, and it's never quite clear what they represent. And there's a lot of different little things about them that you could read into. Mm. They're wearing red jumpsuits, all of them. Uh, they are they physically, while they have like the exact more or less body of the other people, they look poorer. Uh, they look like sallow. Their hair is greasy. Uh, they yeah, they just kind of look like uh, you know a, 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 a version of these people who grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and never had any material comfort. And, um, but then also, um, are completely psychotic and homicidal. Mm. So, uh, so not in any sort of like sympathetic way. So it's, it's, it's just a hard thing to really quite tease out what it all means. Mm. Um, and that, does that feel purposeful? You know, I wouldn't say that it feels purposeful. It's possible that he... It feels more like... I saw it described as like a drunk drawer movie. 
A what? A junk drawer movie. Oh, okay. Where Jordan oh. Peele has like a bunch of different little ideas that he wanted to like address in the movie somehow. And he wound up kind of overstuffing this one hmm. with a lot of uh, little things that, you know. And, and I think for me, the reason I'm getting really hung up on this part of it is because like the rest of it, I will say, you know, like as a horror film, I think it works. You know, like it definitely it's one of those movies where it has the opening that's very scary. And then there's maybe like 15 minutes or so of like just very calm, gentle, banal family scenes. And then once things take off, they don't stop for the rest of the movie. Oh, um, and uh, so and it, it maintains that pacing the entire time. It's very engrossing. Um, the performances are great across the board. Lupia Nyong'o uh, is, it's so great to see her take on a role like this again, because literally since 12 Years a Slave, since her Oscar win, she has only done voice acting. What? what? Yeah. She was in a movie called um, Queen of Katwe, and then she was in Black Panther, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, she has only done voice acting. Wow. Um, and um, and she's also had a small part in that Liam Neeson movie, Nonstop, uh, that she taped before she <laughs> was a, an Oscar-winning actress. She played a stewardess. So, um, but yeah, this is the first role of any substance that she's taken on since taking since winning her Oscar, and uh, which is interesting. Like, I really am curious why. And I know she's done a lot of stage work in the interim, but it seems like she has chosen to not take on other just major acting parts mm. since then maybe because she doesn't have to i don't know um but this is the first time since then since in black panther she was of course you know great but it wasn't a very dramatically complex character right um uh, in this you know she has to she's the lead and she's playing two versions of herself and and they all are they're all playing two for everyone in the movie is playing two versions of and her themselves. husband is played by winston duke who is also in black, black panther, panther. And who is sort of the comic relief here. He's very, he's a very fun, he has a very like sitcom dad kind of thing mm. going on in the movie, which is almost a little at odds with everything around him. Um, like it feels like he's in a different movie than the rest of the cast oh, at times. Uh, but I think that he's meant to be there as that kind of function of just sort of like alleviating some of the tension um, by just being so doofy uh, at all <laughs> oh. times about everything. While Lupita is just like, you know, staring wide eyed and shivering at everything. Um so, but uh, but so no, she's fantastic. Elizabeth Moss uh, is also uh, in the movie, and she has a, a great supporting part uh, that she gets to kind of do different a different character type than we normally see her in. We'll put okay. it that way. Um, as sort of just like a bored, wine swilling housewife who's friends with them. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so the performances are all great, and the technical stuff, you know, it looks great. Uh, but there's just all this kind of mounting um you know symbolism and mounting um idea threads that are that are sort of accumulating throughout the movie and you're so you're, so you're watching it and you're trying to sort of like parse them all out and keep track of each of them because the actual horror movie it's telling you is very straightforward so there's mm. there's not much there to like keep your thoughts like well, what's going to happen next like it's just, basically it's just like a chase movie there's like on the run um and so but then he's throwing all this stuff at you and you're like well what does it all mean um, and, uh, and then it seems like he, Peel himself is like almost hilariously disinterested in explaining it. Mm. Um, because when there, a scene finally comes toward the end in which, um, it is explained doing air quotes, um, it is explained, <laughs> um, by the, uh, by the, un- by the other Lupita with her back to the camera 
in about 20 seconds and using her her voice her underground character voice uh is this like halting deep croak where like it it's like the voice breaks mid word all the time and mm. so it's really hard to understand her so it, it it couldn't the explanation couldn't be delivered in a more difficult to understand way and or more quickly uh and so so it seems like you know he's almost like saying like yeah 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 like you know let me just hurry up and write something that explains what's going on here except it really <laughs> except it really kind of didn't i was like well i don't i i, I have i have questions uh <laughs> i don't know that i'm following um so i don't know so at the end of the day it seems like it's very much an allegory about living in a divided country mm. and you know <clears throat> and i had a few different you know i started to think in the direction of like okay this is an allegory about the trump election um, you know, in, in which we have this sort of like resentful underclass all wearing red um, appear out of nowhere and destroy <laughs> Bay Area happiness. I don't know. Um, and so I was like, OK, so maybe it's that um, or it could be even a more big, big picture meta version of that where it's sort of about the country because of the title U.S. could also be United yeah. States. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so it could just be a more you know a meta big picture uh, story about the very identity the very nature of America as a country and us coming to grips with who we really are uh, not who we like to think we are mm. um, is there like that micro angle of it's like this is the this is like the your manifestation of your worst nightmare of yourself mm-hmm a very personal right. level there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff with like funhouse mirrors mm. um mm, love that <laughs> so <right. laughs> you know i love that in the movie <laughs> there's a lot Ooh. of stuff with that one thing i definitely don't think it's about is what my friend thought it was about who watched it with me he was like oh it's about the shadow self and psychology i'm like no it's not shut up <laughs> last no, movie there's no psychology to any of this last movie uh, that person's invited to <laughs> he's done um, and there's also more bunnies. So it's very much continuing the trend mm. of the favorite. Um, really? It's a big year for, for yes, bunny. Yes, and lots of, lots of bunnies being used um, symbolically and otherwise. Interesting. So, but yeah. Um, so, what, I mean, have you thought about what you would do if you were suddenly confronted with this doppelganger of yourself that like looks so much richer than you and healthier? <laughs> <laughs> And how much that would freak them out to see you? How dare you? <laughs> I do exactly what they do in this movie. <laughs> no, um, no I, I, you know, bang him, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dream come true. Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed this isn't the pick of the week. Well, we don't have one this week. Yeah. That that says a lot to me. Yeah. Where yeah. where what is it? This like sack. Is it this lack of a central theme that? Yeah. Is? Yeah. I mean, because I just can't like fully. Uh, yeah, I just can't fully recommend it. Mm. You know, I just don't think it's a pick of the week. Mm. Um, and I think part of what I was also really confused um, by maybe about a third, a little over a third of the way in, because initially I thought that it was just going to be about this one family and their doppelgangers. And so it was going to be a much more sort of like micro study of what it, what these doppelgangers represent to each of them. Mm -hmm. And then I thought it was going to be much more about race in that way. And about sort of like different racial racial consciousnesses and like in racial guilt, um, racial class guilt. I thought it was going to go in a lot of different directions related to that. But then it's not just them. Um, mm. They're not the only people that had it. Like everyone's got them. 
so everyone's got them. Everyone's got the doppelgangers. I'm like, okay, so it's not about race. And like race plays almost no part in the story uh, that, that we see here. There's like, I would say the only, even the only thing that could even partially be, be looked at is like, oh, that's like a sort of a, a racial joke is that they call the cops when the doppelgangers uh, first appear and then the cops like never come. Uh, so that, but yeah, the rest of it is, it's really not about um, sort of racial themes as much. It's not about, you know, any sort of tribalism. As, it's more about, it's definitely more of a haves and haves not story. Mm. It's, it's much more preoccupied with class than anything else. So, um, so it's, and it's ambitious as all hell. It really, it, you know, it swings for the fences, but it just doesn't, a lot of it doesn't land. Interesting. Um, there's always that kind of, uh, it could go one way or another where it's like, did, does it not land because it feels like uh, there were almost like mistakes made? Um, mm. Or is it like purposeful, like lynching confusion? To, to be clear, you said lynchian confusion, not mm-hmm. lynching confusion. Lynchian. Lynchian. Uh, yeah, to me, it feels like its reach exceeds its grasp. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. That was my sense watching it. Um, it was, Which was also it, your review of my karaoke song. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Anytime I try to sing Judy, so it's okay. Um, yeah, no, it, def- it it didn't feel like it was like purposefully opaque in like the Lynchian mm. dream nightmare way. Um, it just felt like it didn't know exactly what to do with all of its little threads gotcha um that was my sense at least watching it so um, i can't wait to do one of those things we haven't done so far this year where i see it the next week and then i come back and then we talk about it again (laughs) i know i know yeah no i'm looking forward to that uh wish you could have seen it but glad you're off tickling the ivories Mm, you know me um what are you going to give this one it's a consume Consume moderation. Wow, that maybe, much. Yeah, maybe a consume plus, um, but yeah, not not more than that. Wow. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Us is rated R for violence, terror, and language. That brings us to our second movie of the week, movie number two, The Hummingbird Project. Cousins Vincent and Anton are players in the high-stakes game of high-frequency trading, where winning is measured in milliseconds. Their dream is to build a straight fiber optic cable line between Kansas and New Jersey, making them millions, but nothing is straightforward for this flawed pair. Anton is the brains, Vincent is the hustler, and together they push each other and everyone around them to their breaking point with their daring adventure. So this movie's about the, in- the internet? Phone lines? Um, I mean, it's not about that. <sighs> um, it is, uh, you know, it's about greed. It's mm. about obsession. It's about the futility of financial pursuits. Um, but uh, but the actual, um, what the guys are trying to do is they are trying to build this, um, this tunnel for these fiber wires, see? And um, the whole idea is that if they can make their their connection run a millisecond faster. Okay, that's I'm, that's good. Okay. So, um, is this a true story? No, that's the funny thing. So I was watching it and I was like, wow, this is so boring and specific as a subject matter um, in terms of what they're trying to do. The thing that not, not the characters, but just the actual, like the, the, the heist, um, you know, the caper that they're up to. It's so boring and so specific. I'm like, this has got to be based on a true story. Um, it is not. Oh my God. It, it is a uh, fictional and it is made for this movie. I mean, there's there are things like this have been attempted, 
like this is a real thing um the idea of like using like these like enhanced fiber optic connections to just get get the edge on the competition in the world of like stock trading mm -hmm. um, because if you can get that information just a millisecond faster then everyone's going to go to you mm -hmm. and then it's better for your bottom line mm -hmm. so yeah so it's about greed mm -hmm. it's about corporate one-upsmanship um it's sort of like an of mice of men kind of story between like a george and a lenny <laughs> um uh jesse eisenberg is very much the lenny Mm -hmm. um, or no, is very much the George rather, and Alexander Skarsgård is the Lenny. Uh, what do you feel about uh, the use of a Skarsgård in this movie? So let me just say, um, I went into this movie wondering <clears throat> if there was a way to make Alexander Skarsgård unfuckable, because up until this point, even casting him as as you know horrible wife beating people, I'm still like would. Mm -hmm. um, but it turns out all you need to do to make him unfuckable is just is just give him like the worst kind of male baldness that can inflict <clears throat> any man in the world. And that is the kind where it goes the whole way around the top of your head, but you you hold on the to tonsor. the tonsor. Yeah, you hold on to the side and the back and just let it grow long enough to be combed down. Um but all the way back to like brain full brain cap baldness. Mm -hmm. That no man. No. No man should ever since Ben Franklin. Yeah, you can't pull it off. You just gotta. You just gotta. Just buzz it. Just fucking buzz it. Like don't. Oh my god. So yeah, that's all. So and but it's not just the haircut. Um, this is a great performance from him. Like he continues to surprise and roll after roll. He gets better and better and better. Um, you know, proves himself as more and more than just like the you know Swedish heartthrob from True Blood. Um, and, uh, he, he is so convincing as this sort of like, you know, this, this tech techie coder guy, uh, you know, who's got no social aptitude, the huge, um, and, uh, and he just, his whole body just commits this role in a way like he mm. it's like his he's you know he's hunched over the entire time uh, his eyes are darting. He's not looking at people. Um, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Rebecca is correcting her posture and eyes as I spoke because I was describing her uh, <laughs> just now. Uh, you're like, I'm the Eisenberg, right? Not the George. I'm the George. Um, and uh, whereas um, Jesse Eisenberg, who's also fantastic in this, is playing a character that, of course, many will compare to his role as, as uh, you know, Mark uh, Zuckerberg mm -hmm. in uh, Social Network. Uh, but uh, but he's he's yeah it's it's this sort of like this hapless pointless journey. They play cousins and they kind of try to fuck over this very powerful woman played by Sama Hayek. <laughs> and it was her character actually that first made me think. I wonder if this is true <laughs> uh, because she is in a different movie than the rest of them. Like mm -hmm. she is wearing this like this amazing like silver blue ombre hair. Um, she looks like the like uh, drawn cover art to a Grand Theft Auto game. <laughs> she is so vampy and so campy and so over the top in this in this performance that I was like, I don't know that there is an Evatoris. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I don't know that this this is the rest of it. I'm buying the rest of it feels very real and very plausible, but this is kind of straining it for me. And um, so yeah, it just kind of becomes this pissing contest between um, these two kind of hapless cousins. Um, and who are trying to attempt this this impossible 
Herculean, Sisyphusian kind of a, a thing to, you know, to drill across, to have a straight line drilled from Kansas to New York um, that goes through rivers and swamps and through granite mountains um, to, you know, just get the edge in the competition. Why wouldn't they just make it closer? Make what closer? Like, why would they go to Kansas? They're trying to get to the stock exchange? Why wouldn't they just set up shop in, like, because, New Jersey and have the wires be shorter? Because there, there's some thing, there's some Kansas thing. <laughs> 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 I literally watched this movie last night. Uh, Pick some, of the week. There's some Kansas thing. There's, like, some Kansas office that... that, okay, that that's that, enough. That, that's, don't worry about that it. That needs to connect. I feel like these movies um, work when it's, like, Moneyball or it's missing... A true story mm-hmm. and Adam McKay. Well, you know, well, we hate Adam McKay now. I know, but this is what this is what he would do. Um, so if you don't even get honestly, him, well, I like this movie better than his movies. Really? Yeah, I like this movie better than his movies. Um, it's really smart. Uh, the pacing is incredible, hmm. um, and it surprisingly has um, you know it has the, the the relationship between the cousins and the way that they're performed by these two actors is is very compelling. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it builds to, um, you know, it's sort of, it's a movie that's a bit, some have dinged it for being a little too moralistic, um, because it kind of starts to lay it on a bit thick toward the end in terms of like, you know, oh, they, they've realized the futility of their pursuits and it's just money after all, can't take it with you, etc. Um, <laughs> and especially because they set up this kind of huge standoff, the one, um, sort of group of people that they cannot persuade because they have to negotiate with every single landowner mm-hmm. the whole way across and just keep throwing money at them the entire way. Um, the only people who won't let them go under them are these Amish people uh, because they're like, well, you know, always, always the Amish um, just cock blocking cock blocking is a way of life for the Amish <laughs> and uh, no rum spring going on. Mm-mm. They were just like, no, you're not going to snake anything through our anything. It's just not going to, it's just not what we do. So, uh, so yeah, so it, 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 but, but I didn't even mind, you know, in the end it, it, it's, 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 uh, <laughs> there's like this final scene that remind me a bit of that part, the worst scene from Snatched, <laughs> the Amy Schumer movie where like when they're on they're you know, they're in that kind of, um, village in Latin America and mm. then she, in Amy Schumer's character, like gets in line and is like helping like, you know, pass the yeah, water jugs yeah. back and forth. And she's like, I'm helpful. <laughs> and like the movie, the movie doesn't think that it's funny that she's doing that. It's like, look, see, she's good. Oh my God. Uh, does Jesse Eisenberg get an Amish beard? Because I can see it. <laughs> he does. He does join like an Amish assembly line of sorts and is like carrying like bags of grain or something. <sighs> uh, it's like, oh, oh, he's having a snatch style redemption, redemption. But, but, uh, but yeah, all, all told, um, this yeah i was like totally invested the entire time huh. and uh yeah it was just totally solid I, I i did not mind it at all um it's directed by a canadian director named kim Wen, and uh yeah i was i was on board i was i was thoroughly engrossed and i think it's worth seeing for um for the performances especially scar scar but also of eisenberg what are you giving this one it's also a consume okay good i thought this was yeah. gonna get i was very confused yeah yeah, no. Um, it's also a consume, but it's like a consume plus. Like I, wow. re- yeah, I really, um, yeah, I, I, I was, yeah, I was fully engrossed, fully engrossed by this entire movie. Wow, fibers, fibers, and tunnels, and, and that's, cell towers, and that's a testament because I don't understand any of that stuff, and that, no. and, and that stuff's not interesting. But like watching them attempt to do it, 
Yeah. It is interesting. Oh, the ambition of of white men. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and, and ultimately blah, blah. the doomed ambition. Ah. Uh, yes. Doomed. America. Yes, This exactly. is us. <laughs> yes, um, that's, that's doomed ambition is the theme this week. <laughs> uh, a consumed plus, you say, huh? Yeah. Um, it is rated R for language throughout. Oh, and now I'm teeing you up for the big one, the one you can't wait to talk about. <laughs> Our third movie of the week, Transit. In an attempt to flee Nazi-occupied France, Georg assumes the identity of a dead author, but soon finds himself stuck in Marseille, where he falls in love with Maria, a young woman searching for her missing husband. Nazi-occupied France. Right. But it doesn't look like Nazi-occupied. Those don't look like Nazis. Right. Uh, what the hell is... What? This is not the movie I thought it was going to be. Yeah, me Well, either. I don't know, because I don't actually know the movie it is, so... Um, <laughs> yes, initially when you show up today, you asked me how traffic was. Uh, <laughs> so I, I still want to know. That movie I heard, I heard it was great. <laughs> exactly. It was an Oscar gold. Right? That uh, was a separate question. But, separate question. Um, how, transit. How was it? <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but I also want to know what is going on with time in this movie. Yeah, is this Cold War? Is this Cold War? Uh, yeah, it, it, two different questions there. Yeah, uh, it does. It does remind me. It did remind me a lot of Cold War. Um, it has a very similar themes of kind of. Uh, it's a sort of another doomed love story set in post-war Europe where. Everyone, uh, all the characters seem more or less doom. This mm. is our buzzword this week. Doom. Uh, there's a lot of doomed <laughs> ambitions of love and escape, but they are, these things are not possible. Uh, so that's the doomed ambition in this one. In terms of the time, let me just say, I was so confused <laughs> when I started watching this. Uh, and this is also like, guys, I'm not gonna be able to give you much of a review of this one because I tried watching this while I was working from home today. And you might be asking yourself, why would ever anyone try to watch a subtitled foreign mm. language film while they're also looking at their computer screen? And the answer is because I didn't want to watch it last night. <laughs> I just watched the Hummingbird Project. I needed to think about Sama Hayek's wig for a few hours before yep, I could yep. watch anything else. How wiggy is this one? <laughs> Uh, not especially Um, but yeah so I was watching the movie and then it it alternates between German which which I don't understand the slightest in French which I somewhat understand so at least when they're speaking French I'm like okay I'm like hearing every other word Um, (laughs) but with the German of course it's just impenetrable yeah Um, and I I refuse to believe that anyone actually speaks German I know it exists but I just don't believe it I think it's impossible to like know how those words work it just doesn't vibe with me I just don't it's something I think it's a myth I'll give it to you the myth of the German language Mm mm-hmm um, so, There's actually a word for that in German. <laughs> Myth language German or Versa? Yep. Yeah, something I like thought that. So, see, it does exist, but I, I still don't believe it. Um, I do speak it, so I didn't know what the hell was going on, and um, and so yeah, I'm watching, you know, this main character um, whose name you knew how to pronounce, Georg. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it's G E O R G, which I figured was just George. Mm-mm. But no, it's Georg. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like ready to like, correct you, but uh, of look course at you. you were. <laughs> <laughs> I know every time I try to turn the balance, uh, you're always ready. You're always two yeah, two table you. turns ahead of me. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, Georg is played by this gorgeous actor who looks like a cross between like if Joaquin Phoenix was like super oh. super handsome, 
and then also Sandra Lurke. Um, very good looking mm-hmm. guy. And he is, you know, it, 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 when we first see him in, in throughout the movie, he's dressed sort of like like from the 40s. Um, and uh, and then he we see him kind of doing this this mad dash um, running from, um, the, you know, the, the Nazis in Paris. <laughs> I wish you could see the I did, air quotes. I, I did air quotes because they're not, as you notice, they're not like dressed as Nazis. No. And you don't see a single swastika in this movie. Thank God. I know you just lost interest. <laughs> uh, but there's there's none in this movie. And um, and then at one point, he like flees into this uh, apartment to take refuge. And there is like this <clears throat> little, the, the people in the apartment are dressed in modern clothing. But, but there's no acknowledgement of what's going on. Like, there's like a little boy in there who's wearing this shirt with this ridiculous print on it. I'm just like, well, that that that, sh- that shirt would not exist. <laughs> that little boy in like the, the, the mom was wearing this like plunging neckline. I'm like, again, that would not have worked. That would not, unacceptable. She's wearing like the Robin 2019 yeah. concert t-shirt, tour shirt. I know, wearing a shirt. It says like, who farted? I'm like, where did that, like, where? where like, what? is it the 90s? Right. Is it, is yeah. it ironic? Is it today? I know. It was like, boy. Wiser, it was like it was. I didn't know. <laughs> it's got the beef. I was out of your right. <laughs> Yeah, where is the beef? It, where, where, who's got the beef? <laughs> that timeless question that always puts you in a certain. You know, you're like, oh, well, I know where I am. It's a grounding thing when you see it's who's got the beef shirt. Effect. <laughs> Everyone was wearing it, carrying a different size cell phone. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Um, so I was very, I was very confused. And then I gradually started to notice then like after he leaves that apartment, he like gets on a train with some guys. And then once again, it feels like we're kind of back in time. Um, and then he goes to Marseille and when he gets there, uh, like there's, they show this like security cam footage of him. And I'm just like, what? There weren't security cameras <laughs> in the forties. I the, like that you like, in the way that <laughs> I'm, I'm still not getting it, it, you think that they're making a mistake. <laughs> I'm like, Oh boy. Well, the jig is up for these guys because I saw the movie now. Any research. I'm going to blow the lid off this fucker and tell everybody how embarrassing this is for all involved. And uh, and then I noticed that he also, like, in any crowded public square is literally the only person wearing period clothing. Mm. And I was like, cheap, cheap and lazy. That's, <laughs> that's the budget for this movie. These costume designers didn't even... And every now and then a character will like come into frame who also has period clothing. And uh, so what the it, hell's the deal? And well, that's it. It's never explained. It's, oh, my it's, God. It's, it's an intentional stylistic choice um, to kind of rem- to take the story of war refugees. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, I knew that would bring you back. Uh, <laughs> so take this, take a story. This of, is stupid. OK, <laughs> to take a story about war refugees and to ground it and to remove that kind of reassuring distance that a full period setting and attire can create. Um, it takes this story of that that it, that is in theory that takes place in Nazi occupied Paris, and it makes it feel more immediate. Uh, so it's a young adult movie. <laughs> <laughs> were they explain it to you? No. <laughs> no, they never explain it. Uh, or were they like make things relatable because you're a teenager? <laughs> Well, you know, I think it does, uh, you know, no, I mean, I, I don't think it's so much about making it so that any any dummy can understand, but I think that is, <laughs> but that was part of, I mean, that's part of, you know, what was so stupid about Green Book was that, you know, like it also not only was it just so completely and utterly, um, you know, awful on every level, 
but also further reassured its sort of like white target audience that mm. they didn't have to worry about anything because it has that movies that are period dramas have a reassuring distance um, that is just yeah. an effect they have you yeah. watch a movie that takes place in a period setting and you get to be like Ooh, that's a, thank god that was a long time ago right um, yeah. and so what this does is, is really kind of destabilizing to imagine because it's spending especially for any generation that was born after the events of World War II such as ourselves um, not me, my ask her mm-hmm. um, for her perspective, but uh, you know, like World War II was not super a long time ago, I think. But for those of us born afterwards, who've only ever known it from movies, it has that right. that, that distance of an intense distance, especially when there's such a mm, like uh, when there's such a monstrous effect to it mm-hmm. that you naturally want to distance yourself from it, and then time and style and um, all of those other factors are are comforting right. distance markers. Yeah. So in this kind of removes that. And um, while also kind of just, it's just interesting stylistically. Like I, I kind of was intrigued by that choice when I realized that it was a choice and not just a colossal mistake, <laughs> <laughs> which also made me much less excited to give this review. <laughs> I was like, Oh boy, watch out. Transit. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Uh, didn't work out that way. So, mm. so instead we kind of just get this just sad story about a, you know just kind of a, a loose network of of different war refugees living in Marseille, uh, all sort of like trying to figure out what to do and where to go and to form connections with each other and mm. um and uh yeah so in it you know it's it's gorgeously made gorgeously acted. Um, it definitely has, you know, it's very much, you know, European sort of artful history film and mm-hmm. it's so not, not the most rapidly paced thing. And even with all the CCTV, even with all the CCTV, it really just comes and goes. Um, and, uh, you know, we have the main characters assuming the identity of a dead writer mm-hmm. and then kind of string along that, that dead writer, a dead writer's, uh, wife who doesn't know he's dead. And uh, so it harkens back to the great Ben Affleck, Gwyneth Paltrow movie, Bounce. Oh, my God. Remember Bounce? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) This is basically, this is Cold War meets Bounce, is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, It's directed by this guy named Christian Petznold, I believe is his Mm, last mm -hmm. name. Yeah. Who has made a lot of acclaimed European films that I have not seen. Wow. Not a one of them. Haven't seen Barbara. Haven't seen Phoenix. Not a one. This was my first time, and I did it while I was working, and I was very distracted, and I did not pay the most attention. Uh, but uh, but I can say that by the end, you know, it, it did feel very, uh, yeah. I, I'm just like, oh, that was that was probably good. Was probably good. <laughs> <laughs> was kind we need of to add my, a fourth rating. <laughs> that was probably good. I mean, I saw the trailer, so I would say it also was probably yeah. good. Yeah, Rebecca's gonna give the trailer a binge it. Yeah, <laughs> should I just rate the trailers? <laughs> Because the trailer of Us gets I mean, a binge it for sure. Yeah, sure. The trailer of The Hummingbird Project uh, gets to send it back. <laughs> and um, and this one gets a gets a consume plus binge minus. Oh, how about yeah. that? Uh, yeah, the first, I, I, I hit the button, I was like, what? Yeah. And it I was so confused. I was like, literally, I was like, I started to like scour the the screen. I was like, because they would have like the, you know, the storefronts and there would be like the pharmacies and they would have, um, you know, like that little green, Mm -hmm. um, you know, first aid sign. And it was like, yeah, it was like lit up and flashing. I'm like, again, that (laughs) didn't happen in the 40s. They didn't have those. Uh, So I was, so I really thought I had them. (laughs) I was like, well, I got them. I got them. 
Uh, but yeah, so uh, no, it's a really interesting choice, and um, and it's a lovely, moody little movie. But uh, but yeah, it didn't hold my interest over my work. So mm. for that, I'll give it a consume. <laughs> <laughs> for that, you get a bonus. Yeah. That works. Uh, transit is unrated, but would be R for violence. The violence is that intense, huh? Um, I mean, it's not super grisly, but I think just the overall, like when the violence is there and the mood, the mood is just so dark. Mm. So I feel like they would give it an R just because they're like, well, yeah, this is not the teenage movie. Fair enough. It's yeah. not the young adult movie that's being no, secondly no, billed no. as. <laughs> right. By this very podcast. Um, that's it. Those were the three movies that uh, I can't wait to see. Well, <laughs> just us. I'll come back with some us next time. Sure. Um, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to us on whatever it is that you um, get your podcasts on. Uh, a phone or a watch. Carrier Pigeon. Carrier Pigeon. Um, Jason is on Twitter at... Excess Faggage. And I am at Fight Balance. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end. That's amazing. There goes the binge. binge.